Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt Emily. Uh, I punked Emily again on her intro. She was putting her face really close to her webcam, and then I started it up, and she had to back up in order to talk to me. <laughs> this is true. Um, got to make got, I, my one of my small pleasures is making Emily break when we <laughs> do things on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I like to, you know, be distracting, and I was, and I was making a funny face, and I did not expect Matt to start the podcast. But he did. <laughs> but he did. I did. Um, speaking of this podcast, um, in order to get this pattern back on track, I'm going to explain what it's all about. <laughs> this is the podcast about tea and friendship. Wait, what are those things? Okay, tea is a beverage that um, is made with leaves and hot water. And you just sort of mix them together for mm, usually like three to five minutes. And uh, friendship is when mm, two people have uh, interests that they like to discuss with each other in a way where they have a mutual respect and mm, <laughs> so, some Keep going. admiration. Keep going. I'm trying not to use the word friend because like how you're not supposed to use the word, uh, you know, the word itself in the definition kind of thing. Um, I'm finding it hard. Um, this is my definition of friendship. Okay. Um, friendship is the act of two people sharing either interests or a shared history where they feel like they can spend time with each other. Um, and it's not awkward. I think my definition was really good up until the very end. Yeah. The awkward part. I don't know about that. I've, every friendship I have is awkward. <laughs> um, <sighs> My I wonder what the real are... definition of friendship is. I don't know. I'll never look it up. Um, okay. If someone wants to email us at tbdpodcast at gmail.com, the definition, we will gladly read that on air. Or your own definitions. Please send us your own definitions without looking it up. Yeah. Um, now, what about your enemies? Oh, my enemies. Um, it's more awkward to be with enemies. So that's how I... Friends are people you are less awkward with than enemies. <laughs> Okay, this is the podcast about tea and friendship. We we know what tea and friendship is now. This podcast, we <laughs> uh, we are drinking tea. Um, Emily has a tea. I have a tea. We're going to talk about that tea in a minute. Emily's mug has uh, mountains on it. I think are those mountains. Yeah, it's from it's from Tim Hortons, um, but I don't mm. know why. There's the mugs. There we go. It's from Tim Hortons, a Canadian company that owns uh, is the same company that owns Burger King. Um, moving on there you go moving on um the uh emily and i are emily and i are currently because we are in um social podcasting form are rotating topics uh one week i will have the topic the other week emily will have the topic and um emily has a surprise for me later she's going to talk about something and i don't know what it is but um she will she will let me know all about that and so that's what the podcast is about. Great explanation. Um, you know, go. they're getting better every week. Truly, truly better. Um, as long as the people at home know what this is about, we're, we're all good. <laughs> Matt, Matt, how has life been for you? How has been uh, your quarantine life? 
oh <sighs> life has been fine i've been playing a lot of animal crossing still <laughs> uh we don't need to go into that this week um though i will say i i i continue to read my harry potter book so to you know make make you proud <laughs> how many pages do you think you read um i don't know mm, okay. a bunch i don't know <laughs> I don't count pages. I'm not one of those readers. <laughs> well, you know, I like people like just count how many pages they have left to like the end of the chapter or whatever. I've been that person in my life, but I'm not that person right now. <laughs> Where are you at in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets? Uh, well, I'm about halfway through. Um, what just happened? Um, the They found uh, Mrs. Norris was, was petrified. Um, this is all spoilers for the second book of the Harry Potter series, everyone. Uh, Mrs. Norris petrified, but not dead. Um, they asked the boring professor who's a ghost. if Professor he, Bins. Yep. If he, what he knew about the Chamber of Secrets and he was like, it's all, it's not real. And I actually, I liked one thing that I really liked in this uh, so far was when they he they talk about how he's so like in his routine and so boring that he doesn't even know he he didn't even know he died when he died and that he just yeah. like went to go teach class and he left his body behind. I was like, that's a pretty funny uh, turn of phrase. Um, so now they know what the Chamber of Secrets is and they want to infiltrate Slytherin by getting the uh, trick the <laughs> uh, to impersonate um slytherin people so they can go talk to uh them about the chamber of secrets the polyjuice potion yeah and i think i think that's where i ended because i haven't gotten to where they actually get the thing yet but they've been brainstorming the idea and they're about to go do it i think wow um or go wow. lie to whoever they need to lie to to oh i think they're gonna ask um the the dark arts dude because he's like a flaky guy about whether they can take the book out or not <laughs> gildery lockhart oh god he's su such a wild ride ahead of you um, um i i i like um i like the caricature of him the like vain um weirdo like i think that's a good uh i don't know i think i i i'm appreciating how well done that aspect of this, this book is <laughs> like yeah. making him look like a weirdo <laughs> He is a big old weirdo. Okay. Um, yeah. I expect you to have that book finished next week. <laughs> um, maybe. Just my birthday's this week. You 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 wouldn't make me um you wouldn't make me read on my birthday, would you? I've read on my birthday. It's not a punishment. <laughs> it's a joy. Reading is you, a joy. Um. This. By well, the way, I should I should mention this is my birthday podcast. Does it come out on your birthday? doesn't come out it comes out the day before my birthday tomorrow's oh, okay. my birthday on in podcast time tomorrow's my birthday but this is as close as i'm gonna get well this is well, well, I, well. I, you know, I don't know matt happy early birthday thank you i was waiting for you to say happy birthday to me <laughs> um, um yeah. it's not your birthday yet no it's not but this is my birthday podcast and i think when it, we had your birthday episode we kept talking about your birthday in it the whole time <laughs> what if since we spent so much time talking about my birthday on my birthday podcast what are you gonna do for your birthday well i don't really know yet um 
uh, I might try to have a big old Jackbox party with like a lot of people and sort of try to like mix some mix some friend groups up. <laughs> um, uh, we will stressful. We'll see if, what what stressful? That's stressful even not over the internet. I don't like well, mixing friend groups. I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll have a poll then. I'll see if, <laughs> if friends want to mingle or not. Um, Listen, I'm happy to mingle. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I were you in this situation, and I have been at my own birthday party, mm-hmm. I it's stressful to have friend groups mix. I probably just won't bother that to to do very much work. Like, I'll just be like, oh, it's the internet. Who who cares? Like, everyone can just sort of. <laughs> Uh, say hi to each other. We can get to know each other through games or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. They're like icebreakers. That's what icebreakers are for. That's true. It's true. Um, we just won't. We'll play like uh, play some games that like you learn a lot about each other when you play them. <laughs> the trivia Quiplash. game. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, just let me know if I should pencil in Friday for your birthday. You should pencil it in for sure. Um, I'll let you know later if you should put pen over your pencil. <laughs> no, I'm only, I've actually, I've made a commitment to myself that next year I'm only using pencil in my planner. Because I did a few things in marker and now I can't erase them because all my plans have canceled, been canceled. And well, they're still there. And I just want to erase them. Okay, let me tell you this. You can put my birthday in pen because you will not have to erase my birthday. (laughs) (sighs) No, it's going in pencil. Literally everything next year in my planner is going in pencil. Okay, I'm redefining my friendship definition from earlier. It is two people who are willing to write in pen in their planner that their friend's birthday is a certain day. (laughs) Listen, I'll write Matt's birthday, but I won't write Matt's birthday party in pencil. Like, I'll write Matt's birthday in pen. Okay, thank you. We but, can be friends again. <laughs> but I'm not going to write Matt Matt's birthday party in pen. In pen. That would be in pencil. Because it could be easily be canceled and moved. Oh, well, oddly, under these conditions, it will never be moved. <laughs> it's just going to be on my birthday. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> I have nothing better to do <laughs> than celebrate my own birth. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Um, Matt, um, I, before we get into tea talk, I want to do a new segment. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. I'm literally going to make up this name and song right now. Just so oh. everyone knows. Checking in about last week. Checking in about last week. <laughs> okay. This is going to help serialize the podcast, right? So now, and I don't mean serialize in the other podcast. I mean, now now we're, we're entering the territory of episodic. <laughs> you, you listen one week to the next to find out what happened. Um, this is this is all the rage right now in, in prestige television. <laughs> um, I love a good serialized story. I like a good serialized podcast. I like the podcast serial. Guys, wow. I don't know if Ad, um, I don't know if Adnan was guilty or not. Um but I don't think they had enough to convict him. That's always been my opinion. Um, Hot takes for a cold podcast. <laughs> um, listen, there's a whole like secondary podcast about Adnan's case called Something. And I watched the first few episodes and I'm like, eh, nah, I'm good. Um, but that's, tu- that's touching. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but 
you know, last week your topic was procrastination, Matt. That was my topic, indeed. And I have some questions for you. Matt, after the podcast, did you mix yep. the podcast right away? I did. Wow. I, 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 well, my, I'll say my rule was I wanted to do everything that, that day on Sunday. Yeah. But I did mix the podcast immediately. Wait, did you clean your apartment a little bit? I did. I ran the Roomba. <laughs> I maybe did some vacuuming with the, the regular old hand vacuum as well. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I definitely did some cleaning. Did you finish up writing nope. your sketch? Wow. Uh, did you set up the equipment for the sketch? I did set up the equipment. I did not finish writing, but I did set up the equipment. Um, okay, so a plug for my own my own um, nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I did a vlog this week on my YouTube channel where I explained why I did not finish writing my sketch. Um, it was a bit of a mix of procrastination, but also just like, not really having the right ideas but i'll tell you what randomly one day in the shower this week i decided how the sketch ends <laughs> so procrastinating worked out i figured it out in the shower isn't that isn't that great <laughs> when that happens wow um so you're telling me that as a follow-up to last week's uh podcast um not only do you not want to procrastinate but you also know that there are some benefits to procrastination yeah which i think i i kind of mentioned in the yeah. episode last week that there were some benefits, but it turned out that this was another time that it worked out. Like it was good that I had more time to think and which is also why I didn't finish it on Sunday. Cause I was like, I just needed time to breathe and needed time to think about it all. And, and it worked, <laughs> but I did three of my four things. So that's good. Yeah. Listen, and I wrote and, them down. I actually rewrote this list earlier this week. So I would remember because I wanted to throw wow. away the piece of paper I'd originally written it on. Now, Emily, I also have a list here. You had four things that you were going to do. I think okay. you probably did them all. <laughs> Yours were a little simpler. And hey. one of them one of them was required. <laughs> um, did you send me your half of the podcast? I did. I did it immediately. Yeah. It's almost as if in order for me to have done my thing, <laughs> I would have needed that. Okay. Did you send me the podcast description? I absolutely did. I ate lunch, and then I sent you the description. You sure did. Uh, I put check marks next to those two things because I knew you did them already. <laughs> um, did you finish your book of short stories? I did. Um, it was called, oh, God, what was it called? Um, Show Them a Good Time. It was called Show Them a Good Time. It was written by an Irish author, and I finished it. Um, listeners, um, in the podcast picture, I will make sure to point this out, but on my bookshelf behind me, the top three shelves are books I've read and then everything else I haven't read. That's my organization <laughs> system. And it has mm. now been added to, I believe it's on the third shelf. Um, okay. Yeah. What does it look like on the cover? <laughs> Can I see the cover? Um, do you want to see the cover? I don't need to see it, but I was, I was just describe it to me. <laughs> uh, it was, it had, I think it had a girl on it. And it was like watercolory with blues and pinks. That's fun. Also, um, in the time since we last talked, I've read, Two other books, and I'm almost done with a three. A third. Keep going. Well, um, I got halfway through Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> did you record two videos for work? I did. And honestly, I did put it off until the very last minute at the end of the day. But I did do it. Well, that was the one that I was like, "That's your, you were required to do that one. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's your job. But I did do it. Good, good, good. Um, I'm glad you finished your list. <laughs> are you procrastinating on anything right now? Um, well, I still haven't finished my sketch, but um, 
I hope to have that out on Wednesday. So let's let's see if that works out. I have tomorrow off. Tomorrow's a, a well for the listener at home. Today is Sunday, um, the day before Memorial Day, and tomorrow is a day off for me and Emily. <laughs> Emily's um, doing I'm some fist do- bumps in the air. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing some Jersey Shore fist pumps because I'm so excited about it. Um, oh. But I um, I'm currently procrastinating on some work stuff that I should work on tomorrow. Wow. Um, my work is all set. I, well, kind of. <laughs> I do have stuff to do at work, but I'm not procrastinating procrastinating any of it. But uh, yeah, gonna get this sketch out. Anyways, um, that's that's checking in from last week. Yeah, the newest segment. Uh, that's checking in about last week. Boo! <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> now, um, Emily, you and I are drinking. Uh, Tea. Do you want to sing us into our next segment? <laughs> tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea. Talk. We're talking tea, everyone. Um, <laughs> Emily is, has another pair of instruments she just sang the song with. I don't even know what one of those is. It's got a um, penguin on it. <laughs> it's got a penguin on it. It was a spoon. And then this is a unused and un- never opened pumice stone. Oh, okay. That's fun. I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago, and I found it the other day. Well, so you haven't been using your pumice stone? No, it's not even open. Uh, you must have some rough heels. I desperately need a pedicure and a manicure. I can't even get into that right now. Mm, I need a haircut. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Let me show you what I, my hair looks like right now. This is great uh, This is great for an audio podcast. Describe it to the. Describe it to them. Okay, I want listeners to go back to Matt's favorite time in music, uh, the emo phase. Um, and I want you to picture the bangs that the emo people had. Um, and it's that. It's, um, yeah, it's quite a thing. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, I, I could just time travel and go back and, and, be, and I'd be right in, right in, um, I'd, I'd match up with everyone just fine. <laughs> um, I used to have longish hair at one point, not long, long, but men's long <laughs> um i also need a haircut um this kind of reminds me so when i went to college um that's when i so i have i've had sideburns pretty consistently for the last uh 15 years of or longer of my life uh people don't frequently see underneath the skin underneath where my sideburns are <laughs> and um i grew those out and um didn't get a haircut for like five months after I went to college um, because I didn't want to pay for haircuts or any of that stuff. So um, I had I had really long hair and really long sideburns for, for that period of time in my life. So that's kind of where we are right now. Wow, wow, wow. I need a haircut. Matt, we spend a lot of time talking about our hair and the things we want done in a post-pandemic world. Um, but my question for you, Matthew, is yes. what are you drinking today? Okay, so I'm drinking another brand new tea to my life. Like, not not just new to the podcast, but new to my life. Um, it is by the T2 Tea Company. And, um, you know, which also, I, we have TBD, which is kind of a tricky name. Their name is is T, the, the, the letter T, and then just the number two. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's a, about equally tricky to our name. <laughs> I'm drinking the T2 New York breakfast. Oh, wow, wow, wow. 
And, you know, I'm in, I live in New York right now. I'm in New York at this very moment. You live in New York too, but you're not here right now. Um, so I'm drinking up... <laughs> don't give me that sad face. So I'm <laughs> drinking up my <laughs> uh, New York breakfast tea. It is a full-bodied black tea boasting the taste of hot pancakes inspired by a perfect New York moment. Warm up the morning or sweeten your afternoon and be whisked away to the city that never sleeps. Uh, ingredients, black tea, cinnamon, natural and artificial flavor, and vanilla. Okay, I want to unpack some of that. Do you think the person who designed this tea visited New York? Let's say they're Australian because this is an Australian tea company. They visit New York for a weekend. Yep. I'm going to say more than a week because that's a long flight. Um, and they they go to a diner and they have pancakes. And they're the mm-hmm. perfect pancake. Do you think that's what inspired this tea? Because to me, New York, not known for its pancakes. I would have to agree. Um, when I first read about this tea, I was like, um, I don't, I do not in the slightest conflate pancakes with New York. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there's a reason I'm supposed to put them together, but I've never in my life thought like paired them together. I, if, if anything, I think of, I don't know, Canada or Vermont or something, some place where they have like maple syrup with mm-hmm. pancakes or, or lumberjacks. And then I like I'm thinking flapjack, lumberjack, whatever, <laughs> But certainly not New York City. I, I don't know where that totally comes from. Yeah, like breakfast food you associate with New York is a bagel. Right, yeah. I should, they should have cream cheese tea. Yeah. <laughs> or lox tea. These are all bad ideas. <laughs> These are terrible ideas. Um, Matt, now I'm going to just let's keep unpacking this tea a little bit further. Does it taste like a pancake? You know, um, a little bit. A little bit. It, it's I, I can see where they they think it's reminiscent of pancakes. It's not like it doesn't taste like pancakes, but I think with the cinnamon and the vanilla, I actually kind of thought it was a little chocolate. When I first sipped this and I didn't read the ingredients, I thought it was a little chocolatey. Um, but I think that was just me sort of taking the idea of or the, the, the as the cinnamon and vanilla hit my mouth, I assumed it was chocolate, but turns out it was it was it was those other ingredients instead mm-hmm. um but it kind of has like it kind of does almost remind me of maybe chocolate uh chocolate chip pancakes so so maybe that's that's where i'm well, getting that all from um yeah it's def- it definitely smells very sweet and the fact that they call it like a sweet afternoon um drink or whatever i can i i, I see that you definitely wouldn't I don't think you'd want to put sugar in this. It kind of already is sweet on its own. Does does there any maple syrup flavors or no? Just pancake flavor. Maybe like a little. Like it definitely tastes. It definitely tastes like if the maple syrup is soaked into the pancake. Not if mm-hmm. you were just to have like maple syrup straight, which we've all licked some maple syrup in our lives. <laughs> okay. 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 Um. Do, do, do you feel like you're out at brunch in New York City while drinking this tea? Um, well, no, because that would be if I was having eggs, I think. I, I, I don't, I rarely have pancakes, um, period. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've ever gotten pancakes at brunch. I think I have. My favorite brunch place, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, is called Cafeteria. Go there with my friend Molly. Shouts to Molly. Um... 
They have these lemon ricotta pancakes that I think I got once that were pretty good. But I normally get their um, their French toast, their croissant French toast. Mm. I have had pancakes for brunch before, but rarely. Typically, I get eggs and something. Uh, maybe French. I also really like French toast. I prefer French toast over um, pancakes any day. So, in fact, I had French toast this morning. Wow, that fun. And uh, so I had French toast for breakfast, and I'm having pancakes for tea. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. All I need to say about this. Okay, so Matthew, <laughs> um, would you say that this T two New York afternoon pancake tea is your cup of tea, or not your cup of tea? Uh, to be clear, it's called New York breakfast. <laughs> Um, and it, um, well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I like it. Cause I bought a whole huge tin of it. Uh, it comes in a collector's tin. Oh, I didn't even tell about the tin. Um, we've got the, uh, we've got pretzels on here, trees, apples, uh, cabs, um, the statue of Liberty. Um, is that the stars. empire state building, the empire state building and the Chrysler building are both on here. Wow. Uh, donuts, which we are also not known for. Um, <laughs> are you sure it's not a bagel? It's got sprinkles and frosting on it. I'm oh, okay, pretty sure yeah. it's a donut. I don't know. My favorite donuts I are in New York. Um, I'm gonna. I I think I think of um, I think of L.A. as if any place is to be like a donut place because there, there's like donut shops all over L.A. It's quite insane, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've had this conversation, but I'm not 100 percent certain. But when you've been to Providence, have you gone to PVD Donuts? PV Donuts? PVD Donuts? PV Donuts? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have been to PV Donuts. And in an interesting twist, um, my wife, Laura, uh, who has also been there and is from Rhode Island, just bought a t-shirt from them the other day. And it just came in the mail yesterday, and she is wearing it today. So we are wow. <laughs> supporting the PV Donuts uh, um, in this time. <laughs> Listeners, if you ever find yourself in Providence, Rhode Island, it's a nice city. Go there. Um, they have really good donuts at PV Donuts. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Um, no. I don't remember what I had there, but I have had a donut there. At least one. I think, oh, and I, I went to a wedding that was catered, or like the dessert was donuts from PV Donuts. Like that was Ooh, I like that. cake. Um, anyways, this is my cup of tea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tea's good. Emily. Matthew. You you have a completely different tea than me because we are in a completely different uh, part of the country. <laughs> different city, different state, different region. Still America, though. Um, what what number star is Ohio on the flag? How many how many star? What what state was it? <laughs> We're going to say 17. 17 I don't know state? if that's true. Um, I don't know if it's true either. You know what? Let's check in on that next week. <laughs> We figure out what number every state is. Do I need to write that down? Um, you know what? I'll write it down, and I think that should be enough. Okay. <laughs> Emily, um, what tea are you drinking? Matt, I am drinking. So this tea I got from my mother, um, who I am currently staying with. Um, and she got this as, like, a sample tea at this place where she gets, like, sh- um, uh, like protein milk, like, protein smoothies. Um, she got this... Um, a while ago and our goal is to get rid of a lot of the tea here so this is why i'm having this today it's just one tea bag because it's a little sample but it's called sport tea 
the ultimate sport. Yeah. Okay. Sport T. But the T in sport is also the T in T. Uh it's a portmanteau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Spor- this is- I would say I would call it sporty. <laughs> I think that's what it's going for, but sport E. Yeah. Um, the ultimate daily beverage with EC ginseng, vitamin C, and electrolytes. It is a sustaining energizer, no calories, diet drink, nutritious stress fighter. Energize your day. Naturally citrus sweet. Promotes alertness and no negative attributes. This is like the perfect tea. <laughs> I know. Um, so yes. This tea is, it's decaf, but it's supposed to energize you. Um, Give me those electrolytes. But these are the ingredients. Are you ready for the ingredients? I, I want to hear all of them. Imported premium green and black tea. Siberian, oh God, I should have tested this word before I st- started. Siberian eleuthero root, eleuthero root, <laughs> ginger, mott. Vitamin C, trace minerals, electrolytes, natural flavorings, um, no no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. Um, that is a lot of ingredients. Yep. And some, somehow there's tea in there, but no caffeine. <laughs> it says decaf equivalent, um, less than two percent caffeine. Oh, then yeah, maybe that's just like uh, if you have. That small amount of tea and, and that many other ingredients. There might not be that much caffeine in it. Yeah. Um, um, what's it taste like? Um, <laughs> let me go back to the drink. Um, it it tastes... I get a lot of... Um, Does it taste like pancakes at all? <laughs> no. I do think I get the ginger. Um, I definitely get... There's like a sweetness to it. I didn't put sugar in it. It's still very sweet. I'm glad I didn't put sugar in it. Um, I get a citrusiness. Um, so I assume one of the natural flavors is the citrus. Um, I don't know what Siberian elethro root tastes like. I'm going to assume I taste it. I don't get a lot of green or black tea <laughs> in this. Um, I would say... when you. When you looked at it, did it did it look like there was much tea in it, or does it look like it was more? No, like it looks more like an herbal stuff. tea. It looks more mm-hmm. like an herbal tea. Um, but you know, ooh, ooh, wait, I can tell you some stuff. Oh God, this the big best thing about this tea is that there's so much co- copy, and as everyone knows, I love <laughs> copy. Um, this tea is specifically for people on the move. Um, but Siberian Eleth- Elethuro root. <laughs> Um, is a sustaining energizer and a stress fighter and an endurance builder. Wow. Um, oh, this is, I'm not going to read all of these, but the ginger is soothing and satisfying. Um, and it promotes no sugar or caffeine lows. The electrolytes are part of a recovery drink. They're squinching and minimize muscle cramping. This is basically a tea you can drink after you work out. Um, it's something like actually... Gatorade the tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, ooh. There's, ooh. There's like how on books like other authors give like, like quotes. There's these on these. Oh, this is great. Eat right and feel better. 
uh, author and doctor, Dr. A.J. Joyce, says, The perfect daily drink for weight loss conscious people. No calories, no sugar, no sodium, and definitely energizing. Helps to promote, helps to satisfy hunger urges. Tastes great, hot or iced. Drink it several times a day. I strongly recommend it. <laughs> I want to unpack this a little bit. If you're hungry, eat some food. Don't drink this tea. Drink it several times a day, though. <laughs> if you want to have a tea, feel free to have this tea. But don't use it in replace of eating. Eat. Um, have a lot of tea and a lot of food. That's yeah. how I'm living my life. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, this tea is interesting. Um... Yeah. Um, I actually, I tasked my mom with picking a tea for me because I was between this and another tea. And she said we should pick this one because it was unlike any tea she thought we ever had. Um, Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could share it with you. No. Mm. If only to show you this copy in person. There's so much good copy. <laughs> it um, looks long. <laughs> it's long. Again, I barely hit any of it. Um. If you're curious, full-bodied green and black teas um, are a convenient for home or work. Wow, I agree. Um, um, so, um, well, I asked you what it tasted like. <laughs> I get citrus and ginger, I think. It's very sweet. Um, if you were to have seen this tea in the store, would you have ever considered buying this? And why why does it exist again in your house at all? Uh, my mom got it as a sample from um, this like um, smoothie place in our town. Mm. Okay, so neither of you would have thought to buy it, but it came into your possession, and no. this is you um, using it up. <laughs> yes, yes, this is me using it up. So that being said, um, now that you've had it, is it something that you would buy or could could see yourself? potentially buying Matt that's an interesting question I don't think I would buy this tea um why not um well one I don't like the message that you should drink instead of eating when you're hungry just eat truly just eat um but I you know I don't know I don't well we'll get into it but it's not my favorite tea I've ever had um I'm trying to tiptoe around that question right now. That's I, I know, and I'm trying to tip de- tiptoe around uh, the uh, the answer. But I, I think you can say whether you like it or not before we get to the "is it your cup of tea" yeah. part. I think those are I, technically separate questions. That's true. That's true. Um, I think I while I like this tea, and I like that it's supposed to promote alertness, um, and has no negative attributes. Um, and I don't. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's a perfect tea. I hope it's. I do feel like it's um, alerted me, alerted. I'm more alert. Um, this the natural sweetness is a little much. I think that might be what I'm getting at. Um, Interesting. Do you think you should have ha- had more water? Do you think it would have been better? If I already put. Down? I already put more than it was supposed to. It was only supposed to have six ounces for one tea bag, and I definitely did ten. I wonder if it's for people, because like, so it's kind of like Gatorade, right? Where Gatorade is like the sweet thing and and Gatorade is sort of one of the worst things you can have uh, for working out because it has so much sugar in it. But um, I think like the reason 
it's desirable is because sometimes when you're like really thirsty, like you're not like the most level-headed decision is not to have a Gatorade. It's probably to have a bunch of water, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're all like sweaty and and thirsty and you kind of like want that like sugary goodness in your mouth (laughs) where, you know, I'd say like if you're not thirsty, Gatorade is like one of the most repugnant things. (laughs) Like I could, like I'm not thirsty right now. If somebody offered me a Gatorade, I'd be like, why are you offering me a Gatorade right now? But if I just ran like three miles, I'd be like, oh, give me a Gatorade. Like there's something about like, um, you know, making yourself so thirsty that you want something really sweet like that. So what do you think about all that? I don't think this tea hot would be good after a workout. This tea iced, I could see after a workout. Um, it actually gives instructions to making it iced, but it takes 20 to 30 minutes to steep. Um, and that seemed like a bunch of work. Um, I could see it being iced as a way to go after a workout. I, for some reason, the idea of drinking something hot, I wouldn't do. Um, it just doesn't sound appealing. Um, yeah, you want to be able to something you can like chug. Yeah. <laughs> this would be, would be really, actually, now that we're talking about it, I mean, this iced would be amazing, like way better than Gatorade because it's like all the bonuses of why people have Gatorade, the wetness of it <laughs> and the electrolytes, but without all the sugar and it tastes like tea. So this is, so I'm like, I'm actually like flipping back because at first I thought this was sounded like a dumb idea, but I... <laughs> <laughs> for a tea but i'm all the way back around where i'm like this is a great idea like if you instead of drinking gatorade drink this iced great idea i should be their spokesperson <laughs> um well you can buy this from the ultimate performance products um in centennial colorado at www.sportee.com the phone number you know what? Is, maybe i will try the phone number is 303-694-6965 um great i'll call them up uh emily do you find this sport tea uh gatorade style drink uh to be your cup of tea or not your cup of tea matt hi thank you so much for asking um i don't think it's my cup of tea and i feel bad because i want to like this i think it's a small business um but there's just it's too sweet there's something there's I'm, a, literally, I'm literally gonna order some because you brought this up so i think this is good for them i'm gonna order some and i'm gonna go for a run and i'm gonna drink it iced and i'm gonna see how i feel afterwards and i mean i do think i actually think i would enjoy it more iced because i do think it would also dilute some of the sweetness um but it's just like whatever it is in there that is the overpoweringness i don't know if it's the ginger i don't know if it's the electrolytes i don't know if it's the um I don't know if electrolytes taste like anything, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's the um, Siberian el- elethuru mint uh, root. It's probably it's probably that. Um, it's just there's an overpowering flavor that I just it's I'm not getting behind. Um, it's okay. I, you don't have to like it. I know, <laughs> but hey, guys, you do you and go support this business and energize your day. Um, this sounds like a, a miracle drug. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the number of teas that, that have claims to be able to do all kinds of things. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's one thumb up and one thumb down on two different teas. Um, tea talk done.
T-talk. Complete. Okay, so Emily. Matthew. Uh, last week I talked about procrastinating. We had a little update about that earlier. Um, but this week it is your job to provide us with a, a, a topic to discuss. Um, it could be a discussion style topic, a fandom style topic, really anything. Uh, those are the two kinds of topics I've decided there are. <laughs> I am unaware of what your topic is. I have no idea. It could be anything in the entire world, except for probably something we've already talked about. And it's probably not Gatorade. Interesting. Interesting that you think we've never talked about it. Yeah. Um, But now is the time for you to drop that topic on us. Let me know what your topic is. Lay it on me. I'm just going to drop this topic on you guys. I dropped a pencil. That was my drop. Mechanical pencils. (laughs) Um, Oh, I could talk about mechanical pencils. I have opinions. But that's not to my yeah, wait, today's topic. Wait, before we before we get into this, are you a mechanical pencil person? I am. No. All right. What's your topic? Are, are you not? I I'm not a pencil. I use pens basically only. But I also don't. I don't need erasers. I don't. I don't make mistakes. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. Um, um, no, I, I don't. I just don't. I um. I can see why you, a teacher, would want to be able to erase things. I only use pen because I just, if I mess something up, I just scribble it out and nobody has to ever look at it. <laughs> I have always loved pencils. I love to doodle in pencils. I love mechanical pencils. This topic is I not have, pencils. I have a pen in my hand, right? Like without, like this whole time I've had a pen just in my hand. <laughs> um, anyways, what's your topic? My topic today is actually we're revisiting. Well, no, I wouldn't say we're revisiting. We're following up on the first topic that this podcast ever had. Oh my no. God. That topic was Medieval Queens. And in that podcast, I say I'm going to talk about Eleanor of Aquitaine and Elizabeth I. However, I spend the entire time talking about Eleanor of Aquitaine, who, let me tell you, is an interesting lady. But today we're going to talk about Elizabeth I. Queen Elizabeth I of England, I think Ireland, and maybe France. But she didn't really control the France part. It was just a, a, a ceremonial title. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about her. Um, so did you re-listen to our first episode? Is this how you know you spent the whole time talking about one other person? Or do you just remember this from when we talked about it? I just remember it. Um, and so you've been holding on to this for like two years now? (laughs) Um, no, I actually, listeners, I thought of this topic because I was talking on the phone to my friend Troy of Pyrex podcast fame. Um, and I was like, um, and I... Uh, in our conversation with him, I was like, oh, I'm recording the pod tomorrow. Oh, God, I don't have a topic. And he was like, talk about Elizabeth I. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, uh, well, thanks, Troy, for the, coming up with this topic. <laughs> yeah. So she um, is my favorite queen of all time. Um, she is my favorite historical figure. She is maybe my favorite person of all time to talk about. Um, <laughs> I think she's utterly fascinating. I've read so many books about her. Um, and she has started my obsession with medieval queens, um, and queens in general. She is not a medieval queen. She would be a Renaissance queen. Um, but, um, so what is interesting about her is that, well, one, I, I don't even know how I want to start with this. I want to go back in time to my own history. And mm-hmm. because I am at my parents' house, I have access to all of my childhood books. And when I was a child, 
I discovered this book series called the something about American Diaries. But they were basically stories of these fictional girls in major events in the United States history. So there's one about the Oregon Trail. There's one about the Civil War. So on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But then they started this other series called the Royal Diaries, which were about royalty in their, like, young age. And, um... It, like, was like a diary written from their perspective. And one of the first ones I ever read, which started a whole lifetime obsession into this whole genre, was about Elizabeth I. And I'm actually holding it up for Matt right now. So um, these are these are historical fiction books. Yes. Mm-hmm. And told in the style of a diary. So it starts, like, it says, like, September 22nd, 1544. And it, like, tells it from Elizabeth's perspective. Mm-hmm. But there's one of these about Marie Antoinette. There's one about Mary, Queen of Scots. There's one about pretty much, pretty much any queen that you could ever think of. There's an Hawaiian one. There's some African ones that are super fascinating. Um, but I and was they're obs- all about queens. Yeah, or princesses in general. Um, uh, whatever the whatever the royal title for a woman in that um, region yeah. would be. Yeah. Um, and I was obsessed with them. I read pretty much every single one. Although I've realized that there's a few I don't have, and I have thought about buying them and reading them. Um, I still have them. You own them, you own them all in, in your house right now. Yeah. Except for maybe two or three. Yeah. And how many do you think that is? How many Um, would you guess that is? A rough estimate is all that was required. I'm going to say 20. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. No, maybe 15. I'm not sure. Between one and two dozen. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's also some of the American, um, diaries mixed in so I, it's hard for me to give you an exact count how um, many american ones do you think do you think you own would you guess you don't have well, to look just uh, guessing i don't know I would <laughs> or, is say, it, or is the 15 total between all the books i would say i would say it's 20 total between all of them but there's definitely more american ones than what i have mm-hmm. um but i again these royal ones i was obsessed with they're have this gold leaf which i'm showing matt mm-hmm. um they Oftentimes came with a ribbon that you could use as your bookmark, which I just thought was so cool. And um, I, I can't pinpoint exactly why I loved them. I just, I just, I read all of them. And I liked, I've always liked learning about history. And I've particularly liked learning about royalty. Um, I've always been obsessed with modern day royalty. And I think it was just a combination of a lot of things. Um how old were you when you got into these? Um, I would say third or fourth grade. Okay, and that's about the reading level they're they're at. I would say so. I did a project on one of them in sixth grade, and they didn't say it was too easy for me. So, <laughs> although it definitely was. Um, wow, brag. Uh, I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, it. Um, <laughs> it was easy for you. You were in sixth grade, and they were fourth grade reading level. <laughs> Wow, you were that's impressive. <laughs> um listen, I'm not it wasn't super a super brag. I've just <laughs> I would have said, Emily, that book is too easy for you. Pick a different book. When I was um, in the uh, when I was a senior in high school or maybe a junior, um but in high school nonetheless, <laughs> um somebody in one of my classes completely straight without um 
and I was in honor, like I was in honors level classes. Um, brag much? Yep, that one was a brag. But um, somebody did a book report on a, a Goosebumps book, <laughs> and I mean, I think like it, that grade, like they're not really. You don't have to like. Um, you don't have to have like the teacher vet your choices. Like I feel like when you're younger there's like either required reading lists or like they tell you what to read or you have to be like, hi, I'm reading this book or I know, I don't know. Like there's more instruction, but like as you get older, sometimes they're just like, Oh, just read a book and do a book report about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And someone did goosebumps and everyone in the class is kind of like this person just read a, like a book for fifth graders <laughs> in high school. Well, to each their own. And the, thing I, about, yeah. the thing about goosebumps is I think you could write an interesting paper about, goosebumps and comparing them to each other and to like more like adult literature but you can't just do a book report on one goosebumps book no this was this was like that kind of that was this was not an analytical report of any kind yeah. this was just literally like a quick oral oral report where you talk about like whatever the plot and the <laughs> uh conflict and whatever about a thing um, um to prove that you read it or whatever those reports were for yeah to go back to my number one gal, Liz. Um, so this book actually is part of the reason I'm super fascinated with her because it is very clearly Elizabeth is the greatest. She's amazing. <laughs> she was perfect. Everyone who was against her was bad. Like that is basically like there's like a at the end after the, the book ends, there's like a like a epilogue of the rest of their life. Um <laughs> And even that is like, everyone in her life was bad, except for her. She was great. But the thing is, she's much more complicated than that. And that is the thing I find most fascinating about her, is that you can tell all of these different sides of her, and none of them are completely wrong, but none of them are completely right. Because, you know, even historical people, even queens, are multifaceted and look differently depending on the time you look at her, or who is looking at her. And so throughout history, how people have viewed her has changed and shifted. Um, And I can't get too much into it because I'm not, you know, I'm not a a scholar, but if I ever did go back, I would go back and study. I would go back and I I would go back and do this. But so when she (laughs) was, um, she, um, towards the end of her life, she was the Virgin Queen, Gloriana. And she was like, known for being like like having peace in the kingdom and she was like this like I want to say mother figure but it was like more than that like like this like exalted like mythical creature at the end of her reign but when she was young she actually is the daughter of Anne Boleyn my favorite of Henry VIII's wives um who was beheaded when she was three um because when Anne was beheaded when Elizabeth was three because of charges of adultery, which were probably unfounded, and witchcraft, which were definitely unfounded. Um, but really, Henry just wanted a son with a witchcraft. different woman. Listen, it was a different time. Um, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But really, <laughs> her father, Henry VIII, just wanted a son, and he was already, um, uh, like going to marry Jane Seymour, who is generally considered the um, favorite of Henry VIII's wives, but I don't like her. We're, this is not a podcast about her, though. I can't get into that. Um, <laughs> but um, 
So she, from a young age, when she was born, everyone thought she was going to be a boy. Um, and her birth kind of really resulted in the break between the Elizabeth's birth really resulted in the break between the um, the English church and Catholicism. That's what caused Henry to be like, no, I, I am making my own church so I can divorce my first wife right. and marry Anne. Um, and our son will be the heir. But Elizabeth was a daughter, which was a big disappointment. And then um, Anne never had another another full-term child after that. So she was beheaded. And so as soon as she was beheaded, Elizabeth was called illegitimate, and she was forced off the line of succession, and her titles were stripped from her, and she was just Lady Elizabeth and not Princess Elizabeth. And so from that time on, pretty much until she became queen at 25, her life was, like, unknown, chaotic. Like, she had to fight to stay alive and to matter politically. And um, the part of Elizabeth's life that I most enjoy learning about is the time from, like, until she became queen. I actually know less about her actual queendom um, than I do her early life. You like the you like the struggle. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, that seems like the, probably the more interesting part anyways. Um because that's the that's the part you can maybe relate to or or um, mm-hmm. whatnot. I mean, it's hard to relate to someone being the queen, but it's easy to relate to somebody being like, um, you know, uh, somebody's put pushed aside or or, yeah. or whatever for not being a boy. Yes, <laughs> had, and she was. People are so weird. Um, um, all that sort of stuff still happens, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so she, so she's like forced out of the line of succession um, until. So her father marries Jane Seymour. She dies in childbirth. And then he marries two other people. And then he marries Catherine Parr. And when he marries Catherine Parr, it's like, she's like a very nice lady. And is like, you need to reinstate your other children. So he had his two daughters (laughs) in the line of succession. And he was like, okay, it's much more complicated than that. But that's pretty much what happened. And he had this act of succession where it went his son, Edward, then his daughter, his oldest daughter, Mary, and then Elizabeth. And that's the way it was going to go. Um, so Elizabeth had an older sister. Yes. Mary the first, uh, who is also known, I don't know if you've heard this phrase, Bloody Mary. Ooh, I have. Uh, um, a lovely drink to have at brunch. <laughs> um, well, you have Mary first, Mary the first of England to thank for that. Um, but I'm also not sure how historical I'm being. And I don't know dates very well. But I'm just going to tell you the story of her childhood. And I want you to interrupt. Um, <laughs> so she's brought back to court. And I'm not quite sure how old she was. But she's brought back to court. And eventually her father dies. The king dies. He's old. He's fat. Um, and he dies. Um, I think he had a, a wound on his leg that never healed. <laughs> Um, Should I putting leeches on it or something? Probably. <laughs> um, but so at that point, then her brother is the king, Edward the first of England. I think no, and not Edward the first. Maybe the fifth. Maybe the fourth. I don't know which number. But he is super into Protestantism, and he's like <laughs> these overarching, like completely like like reformations in the church. Like everything is Protestant, taking away like all traces of Catholicism, and um, meanwhile. Elizabeth is sent to live with her Catherine Parr, her stepmom, who remarries a man named Thomas Seymour, who is a real bad guy. Um, and 
this is the first big scandal of Elizabeth's life. I think she's around 15. And she, um, Catherine married Thomas Seymour uh, kind of illegally. Like, she shouldn't have done it. Not just because he was a bad guy, but because it, like, like, she lost a lot of, like, prestige and stuff and power. Um, but she had been in love. Was he not, like, royal or something? No, he was. He was actually the brother, the uncle of the king, the current, the Edward. He was, like, his uncle. So the brother of the dead king. No. The brother of the dead king's wife. One of his Mm. wives. Hmm. He was the brother of Jane Seymour. Okay. Um, oh, got it. Yeah. Um, but he, he had, there were two brothers and one brother was like controlling, like in charge of the government and Thomas wanted more power. So he married Catherine Parr. It didn't really work, but the, he then had access to Elizabeth. And um, so Catherine Parr is pregnant um, and she's old and she's like, I want to say 30 in her late 30s. Um, but at the same time, Thomas Seymour is being a real creepo to Elizabeth and like flirting with her. He's found in her bed. Um, but you have to remember that she was like 14 or 15 at this time. And she like was not in control of anything. Um, and so basically he was being like a real creepo and abusing her. And there's a huge scandal, um, because Catherine throws her out of her house and she's forced to go live somewhere else. Um, and so she had to survive that scandal at the same time of all this Protestantism is happening. And the next, um, so she, um, her brother's reign is about five years. And at the time that's over, she's like 18 or 19 and her sister, Mary the first comes on the throne. What, what happened to Edward? Oh, he dies. Um, he wasn't ever super the most, most healthy. And he, I think he got, how did he die? I don't remember how he died, but he died. And he's and he's young. Yeah, he he's dies, like, he... yeah, he's like I want to say like thirteen or fourteen. Oh, he was the king as wait. When did he start being king? How old was he? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact dates, but he was young. Yeah. Oh, this is like a child is the king. Oh yeah. my god! And that's England why was so stupid. <laughs> that's why his uncle was in charge of the government because he couldn't run the government himself. Mm, it's sort of like when Bruce Wayne is on the board of Wayne Enterprises as a a, a teenager, but yeah. he's um, he's so young, so he's not really in charge of anything, but he's still yeah. like owner of the company. Yeah, but <laughs> I want to go back a little bit to the Thomas Seymour scandal. Um, he so there was rumors that she was pregnant. I don't think they were true, um, but again, Thomas Seymour was a real creepo, and there's some like stories of the way of telling. Elizabeth's story that she like instigated it and that she like led him on. But again, I think it's so important to remember that Elizabeth was like 14 or 15 and he was a grown man creeping on this, this girl just cause he wanted power and he wanted to be able to control her. So then he could control the government. And she like really <laughs> was not in control of her own life. Um, people say politics is corrupt now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that, taught her and i've read a lot of things that that taught her that like she has to be more in control of what's going on around her um so her brother dies she's like 18 or 19 and her sister comes on the throne and her sister is the exact opposite of edward he she is catholic like super catholic like 
like extreme Catholic and she wants to bring back the old religion. That's what it's referred to as the old religion. And, um, she, uh, so she, she gets the title of Bloody Mary because she kills so many Protestants who don't listen to her. Um, although she's like, I want you to all be Catholics. If you don't want to be Catholics, I'm going to murder you. Yeah. And it's much more complicated than that. And I'm not going to get into it too much, but that's where she got the name. Um, Mm -hmm. but she marries Philip of Spain. I want to say Philip the second and he becomes King obviously because he marries the queen. Um, and this guy who's, this guy who's, um, a a prince in Spain becomes the King of England. Yes. Hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think that's going to do? How do you feel about that? <laughs> How do I feel about it? Uh, I think I think royalty is weird. Um. Um, it's especially weird back then. But no one was a fan of this marriage. Um, Mary yeah. lost. Um, Mary lost a lot of, um, I guess, benefit of the doubt because she married a foreigner who everyone just assumed wanted to take control of England, um, and she also. Um, because about what time? What, what time is this? This is what? what oh, I guess time, I should say that era? Elizabeth's life goes from 1533 to 1603, so pre-Shakespeare, but like right around the like Renaissance time. Yeah, but so post um, post slash during um, when everyone's trying to take over the world, very imperialistic time. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. If you will recall, 1492 is when um, uh, Columbus shared the ocean blue. Columbus around, um, but I'm just I point that out because um, Spain and England were very much um, enemies with that whole imperialistic thing. Like uh, the two biggest rivals, really. I mean, sure, France did some stuff too, but it was mostly um, Spain and England, right? Um. Yeah. They actually, after after all of this happens, Spain and England get into a war while Elizabeth's queen. Um, so they definitely weren't friends. And a lot of people didn't trust yeah. this king man, Philip. Um, and, but during this time, there's a whole other thing, but I'm not going to talk about it. But there's, um, Elizabeth is the center of plots against Mary. She's not doing it, but like people are using her. Like, if we disp- depose of Mary the first, we can put this young Protestant girl on the throne and everything can be the way it should be. And We're like lesser of two evils. We don't like Mary. Let's get her dead so we can get the other person that we, yeah. we have nothing against. <laughs> yeah. Um, so eventually Mary, her sister throws her in the tower of London because she can't have this person out and about being the center of all of these plots against her rule. Um, and so Elizabeth at like 20 is in the tower of London and she has to use her skills at like the political game to make sure she doesn't get executed. Cause there was talk of her being beheaded for being part of these schemes. And so because she bloody has Mary to... is bloody. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole time was bloody. <laughs> I think Mary gets a bad rap for how many people she killed when there really there was truly truly so many people being killed already. But this is not about Mary. This is about Elizabeth. Um, and so she um, she like survives and she like starts to get her sister back on her side. Um, and she's released from the tower, but she's still like forced to stay at court um, for a little while. And um, Mary 
who is older, much older than her, like 15 years older. She's like in her 40s at this point. Well, Elizabeth's like 20-some. And she's like not doing well health-wise. And she... Mary is not doing good health Mary, yes. And Mary's like, you have to be Catholic. You have to be Catholic. Please be Catholic. And the whole time, Elizabeth was very good at saying, like, showing like she would try to be Catholic, but like still being very like Protestant. And like, (laughs) she would like wear like, like less ostentatious clothes and um, as a way to be like, this is my true, this is my true religion. This is what I believe while still playing the, the political game. Um, so a ca- someone who's trying to pretend to be Catholic would be um, wearing less ostentatious clothes. That's the idea here. Well, she wasn't even, she wasn't even super pretending to be Catholic. She just like, I mean, it was very clear that she was a Protestant and um, a, a part of that faith, but she was like trying to play, not play Mary, but like not be beheaded basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, a way of showing that, you were a Protestant then it was that you wore tamer clothes because that's part of the the thing that you You mean Catholic? Um yeah, Catholic it would be a much more ostentatious religion with like all of its relics and shrines and all that mm. stuff. And okay, Protestants okay. but didn't believe in that stuff. And that's why it was a way of showing that. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um you know, it's all political, right? Sure. Playing the church politics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, oh God, there's so many things I want to get into, but I'm worried I'm going over time already. Um, she also might've had a flirtation with Mary's husband, but, um, and there was talk of them getting married afterwards, but she was like, no. Um, so Elizabeth was going to marry Mary's husband. Not, not, it wasn't a serious discussions, but I think Spain would have liked that. Um, but oh, Elizabeth. yeah, the Spain guy. <laughs> yes, the Spain guy. The Spain guy. Um, but, um, so Mary dies, and she becomes queen. After, um, actually, there's a bit of a scandal, because all the Catholics wanted Mary, Queen of Scots, a different Mary, to be the Queen of England, because um, she was Catholic. Um, and people, a lot of people viewed Elizabeth's birth as illegitimate and therefore she shouldn't be in the running at all because she was ma- she was born at the time her parents were married but they'd only been able to get a divorce because um he of he divorced Catherine of Aragon Henry VIII did but um oh god I don't know if I'm explaining this well <laughs> But a lot of people didn't... You're doing fandom. (laughs) um, A lot of people didn't believe that that was a true thing because in Catholicism, you you have to have a papal... You had to have Pope approval for your divorce, and he didn't get that. He was just like, no, I'm making a new church. That's Um, the problem with when you have too much... um... Too much religion and too much um, royalty stuff. Like the rules of religion are so confusing, and the rules of royalty are so confusing. Yeah. That when you set your whole life on both of them, uh, it's very complicated. <laughs> yes. Um, but she obviously prevailed over that like conflict, um, and she was queen for um, almost fifty years, from fifteen fifty eight to sixteen oh three. So she lived a long life. Yes. <laughs> 
so 70 something years old when she died <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i can't do that math right now she was 25 when she became queen i do know that well then she um, spent 50 years being queen and she was 72 25 that that would be 75 when she died <laughs> it wasn't quite 50 years though okay it might have been 45 it was 45 years i just did some quick math there you go um so she was 70 yes um but she during her time as queen um she she just um she promoted this vision of like peace and she like led the compromising of the protestant and like catholic catholic factions um where she created what basically what the church of england is today which is basically catholic but the queen or the king is the head of the church and not the pope so even today my girl elizabeth ii is head of the english church Hmm. i did not know that yeah um anglican yeah i guess um yeah i don't know i just didn't know about the 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 king or queen being in charge of it all or whatever yeah seems i'm gonna call it silly but that's fine (laughs) um I mean, that was, like, one of the main reasons Henry VIII broke with the Pope is because he just wanted to be able to make his own decisions. Um, yeah, I guess in my head, I don't think of there being a head of any Protestant things. Like, or, like, the whole thing is that, like, um, the big Protestant thing is that they don't want the Pope to be in charge. Like, they don't think that's the correct way. I guess you can have, like, smaller leaders or whatever, but, like... It's surprising to me that they would want, like, just some queen or king bossing them around about their religion. <laughs> that would seem to be against the Protestant nature. Um, but what they, do I know? <laughs> I would say that the way England compromised is that it is Protestant in name, but it wasn't. it's not like Martin Luther wouldn't be, like, a pro what was going on in the English church. Well, yeah, I mean, so technically there's, what is there? There's like Catholic, um, uh, Orthodox, Greek Orthodox. Mm -hmm. um, And then just like Protestant is everything else, technically, right? Like that's, it's a pretty big bucket of people. Yeah. And then like within that, yeah, you have like Lutherans or um, everything else. I'm not going to list them all, (laughs) but it sounds Um, like the church, the church of England or however it's supposed to be talked about is one of those protestant religions mm-hmm. um i'm not a i'm not a religious scholar yeah. by the way <laughs> so just to wrap up because i do have to wrap up even though apparently i have so many more things to say about her i truly love her but the reason she's so fascinating is that she was a woman in a time where no one wanted a woman to be in charge like mary the first had trouble getting people on her side elizabeth the first had trouble ruling and she Like, people desperately wanted her to get married. Like, you need a king. You can't do this by yourself. And she was like, no, 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 I'm not going to marry this guy. No, I'm not going to marry this guy. No, no, no. Until finally everyone was like, oh, she's just not going to get married. And in a way, that secured her political, like, present. Um, And then, like, she could play, like, Spain's proposal for marriage off this other proposal for marriage. And it, like, kept her from losing power. Where while when Mary the first got married, she like lost power to her husband and in the way her subjects viewed her. Um, and uh, and so the way she played that, I have always been super fascinated by. Um, and then the other thing, that's the last thing I need to say, 
is that um, she, I don't think if she was today, she probably would not be, she would not be considered a feminist um, because she, the way she was able to maintain power was by saying things like, I'm a woman, but I'm better than other women. Like one of her quotes before the Spanish Armada invaded England. I'm going to read it to you. I have the body of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of a king and of a king of England too. So basically what she's saying is that I might be a woman, but I have the stomach of a king and follow me. Like, um, she like used it as a way to maintain her power, but while pushing other women down, I guess. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess, um, I think it's hard to be in a position like of power of any kind and not be kind of like still a little bit the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I've, this has been said about like running for president, um, of America <laughs> where it's like, you need a lot of hubris to think that you mm-hmm. should be the president. Right. Yeah. So, um, like that's why I like, it sort of takes a, a very sp- a specific kind of person to think that they could run the whole the whole damn thing. And so it's no surprise to me that someone of like royal blood or whatnot thinks like that there's something special and unique about them, like why yeah. she um, would be queen. And so that would translate to thinking like, you know, she wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, women can do this. She, she, she would probably think like, well, I don't necessarily believe women can do this, but I believe I can do this because yeah. I'm the greatest person I'm the greatest person is probably what she thinks. Yeah. So like, and, you know, a lot of people that are in those kinds of positions have that false. I yeah. mean, I'm going to say false sense of superiority because everyone's, we're all people. Yeah. We're all just people. <laughs> um, I do want to say, I don't fault her for that. She had to, a lot of people didn't want her to be queen and she had to like, she had to make it so that she was queen um, and not be beheaded again. Very real fear in yeah. her childhood. Um, yeah. She cut throat. Um, so she was just trying to survive and maintain her political power. Um, and you know what? She did it spectacularly. The end of her reign led to Shakespeare and the Elizabethan age with all of the, the, the plays that you learn about today. Um, and you know, Ooh, she plays. <laughs> of, of Shakespeare and she's, you know, I just really, I just really like her and I'll continue reading about her forever. <laughs> Very nice. Um, who was her successor? Um, James, I want to say he was, he was the first of England, James, the first of England, but prior to that, he was the King of Scotland. And I don't remember which number he was. And what, how did that happen? Like how, like, so did she have any children or how did she did not have children? Um, she, Mm -hmm. and she famously throughout her whole, basically 45 year reign refused to name a successor because she didn't want people to like rally around her successor. Um, so she didn't name a successor. I don't want to be a lame duck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she named her successor way late, but it was, so James is the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. And, um, Mary, Queen, to go back to the family tree of Henry VIII, Henry VIII's sister, Margaret, married into the Scottish royal family and, um, mm-hmm. Mary, Queen of Scots, and James is from that line. 
And so she just got to name her successor. Like she's like, then this person, when I die, this person's in charge. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, I, it wasn't as, as clear as that. Like it had to be based on something, but he was Protestant. He was from the bloodline of uh, the Tudors. Uh, he was the great, great grandson of the first Tudor king, I think. There you go. I'd have to look. Okay. Um, so he had royal blood. Let's... Yeah. So. Um, we don't have to go into it. I just was wondering because it, it seemed like she did not have any children and I, I, I was wondering how that worked out. Yeah. Uh, um, very good. Thank you for following up on this medieval queens thing. So she's your number one. She's my number one. And I'm showing that a family tree because that's one, also one of my favorite parts of historical books is looking at the family trees and going, oh, I know who that person is. Oh, that's how they're related to that person. There you go. Um, are you English at all? Are you, do you have English uh, blood in you personally? Um, we had a family member who, I don't know if she came from England or Ireland or Scotland. I'm sure I could know. But she came through Ellis Island. Her name was Mary Kelly. It's why I put milk in my tea. Do you know? I would, <laughs> yeah. Um, you should see if you're related to royalty. Anyways, <laughs> see if you're royal blood. Um, very good, Emily. Thank you for bringing in that topic. Um, do you have anything you wanted to uh, plug and mention out there? Oh, um, uh, I guess we can put this somewhere online. But I have an improv show uh, on Thursday, the day this comes out. Uh, let me look up the dates. The day this comes out at it's 8.30. The, it, it's the 28th of May, I can tell you that much. Um, the 28th of May and on June 4th, I have an improv show for my level 5 magnet class via Zoom um, at 8.30. I went last week. The technology was not an impediment to my enjoyment of the show. <laughs> Although I did get frozen in the middle of a scene and kicked out. It was worth watching, though, for that. <laughs> they got to deal with it. It was fun. Um, uh, very good. Um, I should have a new sketch out that came out yesterday on Wednesday, the 27th. I'm going to try to hold myself to that. I think I can do it. Check out my YouTube channel anyways. Please subscribe. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> let me just see if I have anything I need to follow up with you on next week for our checking in about last week, uh, sketch. Uh, anything else I should oh, check yeah. in with you about? Uh, no, but I have the check in about what star, um... What's our on the flag, Ohio? <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. Um, thanks for listening. Please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Rate it and review us on um, an Apple Podcast Store. And, you know, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And those are all TBD podcasts, all spelled out. Um, I've been Matt Armando. I've been Emily Riggins. And this has been TBD. With Matt Emily. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Go research Elizabeth the Forest yourself. She's fascinating. Bye.